Thirty years ago, the wall dividing West and East Germany fell, and the two nations were set to become one once again. These days though, the divisions between East and West seem bigger than ever. The former Iron Curtain is crisscrossed by insults like racist and xenophobes from one side, and condescension and exploitation from the other. Can it really be possible that it only took 40 years for one people to split into two completely different parts? And what does it mean to be East German in 2019? Follow today's Eurobabble to find out. You're firmly tuned into Radio R, and this evening you're listening to Eurobabble. Hello. Today I welcome Inken Hofbauer, who is a high school student in Riesa, Saxony, Germany. Hello, Inken. Hello. Hello. What can you tell us about Riesa? Is there something interesting to see there? So Riesa is a big noodle producer in, in our region. So there are very yummy noodles there. And uh, we also have uh, iron industry. And something for the tourists to enjoy? Nah, Riesa is a very small city, uh, only for living. If I remember correctly, Riesa lies roughly halfway between Leipzig and Dresden, uh, which used to yes. be the two biggest cities in the former East Germany right after Berlin. Uh, so you come from the area that used to be DDR, uh, East Germany. And I've already yes. mentioned uh, this question in the beginning. What does it mean to be East German these days? Uh, East German, so at first you, you already said there is no uh, East and West uh, Germany uh, t today or now in the, the present. I really don't feel any different from uh, other Germans, I think. Maybe you can specify your question more. Mm, maybe do you think that there are some special things that make uh, the former Eastern Germany stand out uh, in comparison to the rest of the country? Mm, so it's a little difficult to answer. There are several prejudices about uh, East Germany and uh, also about West Germany. What is different are definitely some infrastructural things, so like the roads are not that good as in Western Germany uh, or other infrastructural things, but uh, I don't feel very much different, I would think. You obviously hadn't been born when the wall fell, so you can't possibly remember it. Yes. Uh, but uh, can you tell us how your family remembers that day? How did they experience it? My family uh, is uh, in... Uh, lived in East Germany their their life, so they were they were also happy about it. So they um, did not thought about fleeing in the western part of Germany. Mm -hmm. They were really happy here, and uh, so they were. But but they were also happy about uh, the reunion. I think not so much for them has changed in the feeling. Of course, uh, they they can they had more abilities to to maybe to fly to another country or something like this. Yeah, they, I think they were very happy. So you wouldn't say that they were particularly against um, the communist regime. No, I mm -hmm. would I wouldn't say that. Mm -hmm. 
do you remember any stories from that specific day from your family? So the 9th of November, 1989, when the war fell. Uh, Sorry, I can't. Uh, because my my grandparents uh, were in Russia on on this uh, events when that uh-huh. happened, they worked there uh, as Germans in Russia. Um, so we we didn't uh, talk about this. Uh, also, not in our family, just in the history classes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, how did it happen that your grandparents work in Russia? Uh, yes, uh, my my grand my grandfather, he was uh, a, a student and he was in college, and then he worked as a as a translator for a big company mm-hmm. that has uh, that had connections with Russia, and then mm-hmm. he was sent to uh, Moscow. Mm-hmm. So we worked there to translate from Russian to German and vice versa. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did your parents? Or one of your parents obviously grow up in Russia as well? Uh, just uh, as also my dad, mm-hmm. he grew, also he was born in Germany mm-hmm. because my grandmother lived in Germany, but then uh, moved to Russia too, but just for five years. So they were there in the kindergarten and then they came back to Germany. And so you wouldn't say that you talked with your parents or grandparents about how they felt about the previous regime? Uh, no, not really. Mm. And my grandparents uh, really don't like to talk about this topic. Um, yes, uh, I can't get much information about it, okay. about them. Many people from the former East Germany states uh, decided to move west uh, as soon as the wall fell, because that was one of the reasons why it was built in the first place, because too many people from the east tried to move to the west. Do you also have some people in your family that uh, decided that maybe that part of the country is more interesting to them? Uh, in my fam- family, personally not. My my grandparents, they had a, sh- a shoe shop mm-hmm. where they produced their own shoes and for, for neighbors and something like this. So they were bound to this and they had a relatively good life. And my uh, other grandmother, she worked in the kindergarten and she were, she was really happy there. So in my family, also my aunts and uncles, they uh, really didn't consider to move to West Germany. What about you personally? Um, as far as I know, you're in, uh, still in high school, gymnasium, right? Yes. What are your plans, or maybe what are your when you talk to your classmates? What are your and uh, your classmates' plans for the future? Um, yes, um, some of my uh, classmates uh, want to live and experience the big city because Riza is uh, really a small, small one. Uh, they they want to live in Dresden, Riza, or experience how it is in West Germany because there really is a difference in the cities. Um, and they really want to uh, experience that feeling of living in a city, surrounded, uh, being surrounded by young people and mm-hmm. who are motivated. And what about you personally then? Um, in, in my opinion, also, I really don't want to move that much away from my family. But uh, I have to study somewhere and I, have to, I will have to move to a bigger city to study there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I will come back 
to uh, here in the region. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there would be a difference uh, if you decided to study uh, in what used to be the East and what used to be the West? Uh, I think not. But uh, concerning the, the study topic, there's a big difference of uh, abilities uh, or uh, option to, to studies. So uh, to study, for example, in the former East Germany, you just have uh, three or four cities to study medicine or something like this. And in the Western part, you have 15 options. And that's a huge difference. Yes. Right. When you hear the term Vesi, so that's someone from the West. Um, what is something that comes into your mind when you hear that term? Uh, in, in my family, the term is uh, often used and also uh, uh, oftenly in, in our school or something. Like this, uh, West, uh, Wesi is for, for us here in the eastern part, uh, a rich guy, uh, a, little by, a little bit like a snob, for example, <laughs> who, who has everything, a house, a car, and yes... Yeah, so so like like a better person, or mm -hmm. or also who thinks he's a better person. Mm -hmm. And if we turn it around, what do you think that people from the West think when they think of Ossis? So people from the East. So so if I chat online or, um, or whatever, uh, there are also a, a lot of people from the West, and when I say that I come from Saxony, they also have some prejudices. For example, like uh, we are always, uh, not always, but we are drunk, we live in uh, in bad conditions, so like uh, flats that are not so good mm -hmm. and we don't, uh, we, we don't earn uh, that much of money. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, and we have a bad lifestyle and we vote for the right parties. Oh, there's quite That's, a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Where do you think those bad impressions come from then? I think this uh, comes from like how it really is. So the, this thing with the right parties, you see it as a, if you look on the road, uh, uh, the outcoming of the, the votes, uh, you can see that in Eastern Germany, after uh, former Eastern Germany, a lot of people voted for the right parties. So that's clearly a fact. Not everyone, but the majority. And this with the bad conditions, uh, so, so living in flats, in old flats, comes from uh, the, the Russian uh, part. Uh, so they, they built a lot of flats in a short of time and the quality was, uh, there was a really a lack of quality and this was like that, but it's not now. But this picture of how it was back then in the mm. days uh, just continued to stay. And from the other side, so you thinking of people from the West as the rich, snobbish guys? <laughs> so I once, I, I wasn't often in uh, the Western part of Germany because I just hadn't the time. But right. I was once uh, in the Netherlands and we drove through uh, the Western part and I, I literally everywhere there were a, a big houses uh, in like every village with, uh, with nice gardens and uh, everything was really clean and 
nice. So uh, I think they are actually a little bit richer uh, than we because they, it's it's clear and already and facts uh, also say that that they in the western part uh, they earn more for the same job than we in the eastern parts do um, and I think that's a fact but I don't know if they are more snobbish than us uh, mm. I, I don't I don't think so right mm. it's interesting that you mentioned uh, that you don't really travel to the western part um, that made me think do you think that people from the west and the east actually know each other or is it just misconceptions they get from the media I don't think that this uh, is a big Big, big topic or big uh, yeah a, a big topic right. on when, when it comes to uh, traveling mm -hmm. uh, at the eastern sea uh, or the baltic sea is a very uh, known well-known uh, travel spot and also western germans uh, <laughs> drive there uh, I, I, I just don't think they make uh, thoughts of it so they uh, they travel just like Uh, they travel there where there is something to see. Mm -hmm. So, and we have uh, sites in the western part and the eastern part, and I don't think that is uh, the big topic. But there are, uh, for example, in our school, there was a project uh, which is called uh, Begegnung Sachsen Baden Württemberg. So, it's a meeting between people from the east, from, from Saxony. And Baden-Württemberg, uh, a, con a country, yes, um, country part in the West, and there, young people, or also me for one year, we meet, we met each other, and it was a project from our choir, so where we used to sing, mm -hmm. and then we made a program and performed it on the third of uh, October, our national, uh, our national day. And it shows uh, how also the politician, politicians uh, care about this contact between East and West, that we get to know each other, mm -hmm. uh, also the young people. Uh, but I, I think in uh, with the ongoing time, the barrier between East and West just disappears. My guest this evening is Inken Hofbauer from Germany. We'll be right back. Komm, wir fahren raus auf das Meer. Ein bisschen segeln gehen wird schon nicht so schwer. Those were the last notes of Momente by Schwitzende Fische, aka the Sweating Fish. Uh, who are by their own account the most charismatic, extremely good-looking, a bit crazy and on top of all of that a young band from the south of Brandenburg. Uh, which is a fairly confident description, I have to say. Uh, you're listening to Eurobabble again. My guest is Inken Hofbauer and we're talking about the last 30 years of development in the former East Germany. Uh, Inken, what would you say that is the biggest difference between the two parts of the country these days, the East and the West? Would it be the, um, the economic conditions? Uh, yes, I, I think so. Um, be, uh, also, uh, especially 
uh, international firms or con concerns um, produce their stuff in, in the West or have their main headquarter there. Um, for example, the main city there is Frankfurt am Main, where also the, especially the big uh, financial uh, uh, firms uh, work and are. Uh, but it's not only the economy, it's also the, the, uh, the salary that is uh, higher. Mm -hmm. right. And that's, uh, that I think is the biggest uh, part. And also the uh, pension, so the, uh, the money the people get when they are, uh, when they don't work anymore any longer, when they are old, mm -hmm. uh, in the West is higher than in the East. Right. Um, there is also one big political East-West divide, as we can sort of objectively measure, and that is the fact that in the former Eastern Germany states, uh, right-wing nationalist party AfD, so Alternative for Germany, tends to get some more votes in elections than in the West. For example, in the October election in Thuringia, Thuringen, the party came second after the post-communist party, the left, Die Linke, Uh, with the Christian Democrats and Social Democrats, which are um, actually forming a coalition to govern the entire country of Germany. So those both uh, parties have plummeted in votes. What do you think that uh, seems to make the AfD so appealing to people from former East Germany? Uh, I think uh, because the, the conditions in the, in the East Are, are not that good like uh, in the West uh, as I already said and the people in the East sometimes tend to feel uh, uh, less or uh, less worthy than uh, the ones in the West and but but this is uh, only the, the older generation so the, the part uh, like 30 to 60. Uh, years old and the, the younger people tend to uh, tend to be uh, seen as uh, equal like the, the western parts but mm -hmm. the, but the older ones uh, doesn't think like this they see each other as equal to the west yes the young people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh, especially the old ones uh, they think yes they are less worthy Mm -hmm. And they would they want a change. What do you think that feeling comes from? Um, I think the F AFD uh, gained a lot of votes because of the conflict with the refugees that came to Germany, uh, especially uh, in the eastern parts. Uh, a lot of uh, refugees came. So especially in, in Saxony, but uh, also in Bavaria, which is a former uh, Western part. But in Bavaria also, uh, a lot of uh, refugees came to it first from the East. And this was something uh, the people here, especially in the countryside, doesn't want. And Uh, it's it's new, it's change, yeah, and they think it's bad and it mm. has to be mm -hmm. bad. Yeah, we'll come back to the refugees uh, in a couple of minutes. Uh, now I'd like to ask, you mentioned that uh, with the young people it's a bit different, the relationship between them and the AfD. Uh, Saxony also held a state election this autumn. 
what was the or what is the relationship between young people like you and the elections? Do young people tend to vote often? Uh, what parties do they vote for, maybe? Uh, so uh, I recently, uh, just recently got 18, so uh, I wasn't allowed to vote uh, in, the, in, the in the last vote. Um, but uh, I think uh, young people uh, do in inform uh, them more, so, so, so they get more information about what is the program of the parties. And I don't think that the majority of the young people really votes the AFD. Mm -hmm. But uh, maybe uh, the, the Greens, they got a really high percentage or uh, the Social Democrats. And another thing that comes into my mind when I think of young people and politics is uh, are the recent or semi-recent uh, protests for climate, so Fridays for Future. Uh, Have you ever seen a march like that uh, in your location? Or do you know any people that participate in those marches? Uh, our school, uh, so, so no one on our, uh, at our school uh, takes part of this, uh, in this, because uh, the, the location is, uh, is just, in, uh, just in the big cities. Mm -hmm. So like Leipzig and Dresden. No, 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 not in Riza. Okay. <laughs> uh, nobody comes to Riza. It's just, it, it doesn't play a big role in, in politics and uh, in, in nothing, I would say. Just noodles. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we but we talked about it. And, uh, yes, but we really don't participate. Okay. From the Czech perspective, a term that's often connected to German politics are the refugees uh, that we've already mentioned that came to Europe in 2015. Uh, what are your memories of that year connected to refugees? So, um, I, I, so, so in Riza, there, uh, there came uh, a lot of refugees, so you, you saw them oftener. So uh, uh, I was not scared, but um, I, I was more... Uh, so, so I looked if I saw someone on the streets. Uh, so I gave more attention to this topic because it was in the media so often. Uh, I personally live uh, in the countryside, so we don't have this trouble uh, that maybe uh, cities have. But in uh, the city Riza, uh, it was like that there is a refugee home, for example, where, mm -hmm. where refugees came. And we recently saw them in uh, on the bus station or train station and uh, not not because of them but because of the media uh, i really felt like they are maybe more aggressive or i have to uh, fear them so mm -hmm. that were my memories that that they were that they were there and maybe are some kind of source of uh, fear so for me mm -hmm. are there any refugees in your school maybe 
um, at the year where where the whole thing began, there was no one. But now, uh, last year and the year before, we got uh, three refugees or four from Syria. And yes, we, mm. we got some, but mm. uh, re just recently. Mm. And have you had a chance to talk to them or some other refugees somewhere else? Um, I've never had really the, uh, the chance mm -hmm. to talk to them, but uh, from the uh, from my classmates and some teachers, I heard that I heard something about them that they really uh, work with the with the teachers and really uh, work in the class and that they really uh, want to learn German and they. Uh, can speak German really good by, uh, by now mm. and they're, they're putting all their effort really in school and they want to make something out of their life so nothing negative but we also heard the, the story of someone uh, who come to our school uh, who came to our school uh, some war stories where he really he told uh, he was nearly shot And he has a, a huge scar on, on his forehead, which shows a, a bullet. So mm -hmm. the, this, these are uh, stories you, you really don't want to hear. And then you are really happy that they made it into mm -hmm. Germany. Right. Mm, is migration still a big topic that people like to talk about after, well, four years since the, we can call it the main influx of people? Uh, I think, as a, not in our school, uh, but maybe in, in other parts uh, of the eastern Germany, there are also there are always people and still people who are against this mass immigration. Uh, where you you have to say that they are getting less, so there are not so many refugees uh, today as there were before. Um, but I. But I think people uh, still talk about it, yes. Inken Hofbauer is telling us about German politics and we'll be right back after the next song. Eurobubble is here for its final segment after Satellite by Lena, who won the Eurovision Song Contest in 2010 with this song. Live over Skype, I've got Inken Hofbauer from Riesa, Germany, and we are talking about the situation in the east of the country 30 years after the fall of the Berlin Wall. There's this thing that I've been scratching my head about for a long time now, and I think that you might be able to uh, help me solve it. Uh, I live in the uh, east of the Czech Republic, so I've never been there, but apparently people from Bohemia, the part of the country that's closer to Germany, really like to go to Dresden for the Christmas market. <laughs> Have you got any idea what's so special about it? Because, as I said, I've never been. Uh, the the Dresden uh, Christmas market is very traditional, and also people all over Germany comes to come to visit it. So there are also people from the west, from far west, that, that come uh, just come to this uh, Christmas market, and it just have some popularity, some flair, 
uh, Dresden is known and also uh, Saxony and uh, yes, the southern part of Saxony is known for a famous, uh, famous kind of cake. It's called Stollen and there is this origin and it's said to be that the Dresdner Stollen, so the Dresdner cake is the best one. And it just really has tradition. It's a very big market with um, many, many um, sections. So there's a middle age market and also for the young kids, some, some places. And there are a lot of shops. So uh, we also have Christmas markets in smaller villages. But this one in Dresden is a really sight and uh, attraction I can uh, really uh, tell you to go there. Okay, maybe I will try that. Thank you. So we said that a lot of people from the Czech Republic come to Dresden to uh, see the Christmas market. Um, is it is the Czech Republic from the other side a popular place to go? Uh, we uh, there there I have to do some some real talk. So we we live uh, in the uh, closer area to uh -huh. the Czech Republic. And uh, when I was young, uh, I, I always, uh, or not always, but I often went there with my uh, father and family because there are some products are a little bit cheaper. Oh, okay. <laughs> for, for, for example, cigarettes. So like, uh, but we went also to uh, the Polish area, but uh, then oftener to the Czech Republic. And maybe once or twice a year we went there. Um, we didn't do a lot of sightseeing, but uh, I can remember that when in Saxony there wasn't snow, in, in the Czech Republic there was snow. Mm -hmm. So um, as a child, I had always uh, good uh, feelings when I uh, thought about uh, the Czech Republic. Uh, yes, um, and also uh, I plan to uh, visit uh, uh, Praha, so, so Prague. Uh, to uh, just see it and uh, go sightseeing there with my boyfriend. So I think uh, the Czech Republic, uh, especially Prague, uh, is a thing uh, you you want to see in mm. Saxony. So I can imagine that also uh, other families from Saxony went uh, do went often to do go after mm, to yeah. uh, the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. I asked a similar question when I had a guest from Austria here. Uh, what is the first thing that um, people associate with the Czech Republic, if there is one? Uh, also, as I already said, it's like that the products there are a little bit cheaper, mm -hmm. so that you extra drove from uh, here to the Czech Republic just to get some uh, some products. Yes, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. It's mm -hmm. not very positive, I know. But, but it's the truth, though, so that's what we are after here. Um, do you think that the former Eastern Germany states are still close to uh, their former, we could say, allies in the Eastern Bloc, so Czech Republic, Poland, Slovakia, and so on? Uh, I think yes. Uh, especially with, with Russia, I think many people have uh, a, a bond, a, a special bond. Uh, for example, my uh, my uncle, 
he was in the, the army back then and and he very loved to to speak russian mm -hmm. uh, and he visits every year he visits uh, an eastern part of uh, of the europe of europe sometimes he went to uh, russia ukraine uh, ukraine but mm -hmm. also uh, the czech republic and he really loves to be there and they also had a boat uh, a boat ride uh, there and they really love it there so my, my family has a big bond to the eastern parts of europe mm. see that's not, that's a question that didn't come into my mind do they still teach russian in east german schools uh, in some schools so not on our gymnasium we we just uh, on our high school we we have to choose between latin or Fra french um, and many other schools they also learn spanish but for example uh, a little so not yes another school where my brother goes to they still learn russian or they are able to learn russian they can choose between uh, cooking and learning russian but there are still schools who teach this yes mm -hmm. and many elderly people uh, still speak russian yes mm -hmm. right we talked a lot about the differences between the East and the West of Germany. Uh, I guess as coincidentally, learning Russian or speaking Russian would be one of those differences. Uh, but do you think that there would be something, some value or idea, thought, that definitely unites the entire country, apart from obviously the language and the nationality? So, speaking of uh, for the whole country, <laughs> uh, I really uh, have to think. Mm -hmm. um, no pressure, think you're only on... talking for the entire country of Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what uh, unites us is uh, the feeling that that we belong together now, That uh, so that we, are, after a long time, uh, all of us are together. So even if there are some prejudice against uh, the other side uh, or, the, or, or the other part, uh, I think there's, uh, there is this feeling of, yes, uh, now we belong together. And a big part that uh, unites all Germans, I would say, is, is the moral, morality of work. And bring bring the economics, uh, uh, yes, uh, up. So yeah. Let's just hope that Germany really does become one in the end. Yes. With that, we can end today's episode. Thank you so much for coming, Inken. Yeah, thank you too. And thank you all for listening to us as well. Today, you could listen to Inken Hofpower from Germany. If you want to give us another go, you can soon find the episode on the usual platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow our Facebook and Instagram pages. From the heart of European Brno, I'm Martin Vesely. Goodbye.